Logan, and thanks for listening. This is Stepping Into Freedom, the podcast about standing fast in liberty, wherewith we have been made free from Alma 5840 in the Book of Mormon. Uh, this episode has some really cool stories in it, actually. Um, you'll hear more about how um, her name is Liz Cousinji. Um, if you want to find her, she actually has a book out that's called The Holy Ghost from A to Z. Um, her last name is spelled K-A-Z-A-N-D-Z-H-Y. Cousin G is how you pronounce it. Like um, cousin and G. Yeah, cousin G. Yeah, you'd like spell it like the word cousin and then put G on the end. That's how you pronounce it. <laughs> um, or G. But yeah. I don't know. The Russian pronunciation. And I'm not fluent in Russian, so. Yeah. That's just how she. That's, yeah, she's, she's like, this is how you can remember it. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Um, she was actually asking me, and I talk a little bit about this in there, um, hey, who wants to exchange reviews on podcasts? And I said, oh, I'll exchange. You want to review mine? I'll review yours. And I was actually quite impressed. So um, hers is called Latter-day uh, Latter Saint Book Nook, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks more about it in the episode. And I uh, checked that one out because I listened to one episode, and I'm like, like the book was some it was like like 19th century, 18th century like drama or something, or po- like no, not drama. It was like, like a, a story about a prince and a flower or something. Some, you know, thing I never would have... She, she reviews uh, books. Yeah, it's all about, she talks about books that, whether they're gospel books or not, even just, you know, like like I mentioned, like the story about a, a rose and a prince and their, their story of their friendship, kind of symbolism there. But, which has nothing to do with, you know, official gospel literature. But she finds gospel parallels in every book she reviews on there. It's a really cool podcast. Um... Check it out. I actually like the first episode, despite the fact that I'm just like, okay, that's kind of a weird story about a prince and a flower being friends. But the parallels. You mean the prince, the little prince? Uh, I think we talked about this before. Uh, was it on the po- one? Uh, yeah. Possibly. Okay. Yes, the little prince is a prince <laughs> with, with a, a flower on a planet out in the, and he ends up coming to Earth and. Oh, she didn't talk about that part. Okay. The, the, and I don't know if that's a part of it. So. I, there's a movie, there's a couple movies on it. Oh, okay. It's very good, and the... If that was the book, yeah. Then the, okay, great. But anyway, she talks about that story the in the first episode and draws gospel parallels with every book she reviews. There's there's quite a few more than, like, there's a whole bunch of episodes she's done on there with drawing from different books. It's really cool. You should check it out. Um, very much. But um, kind of getting into a little bit of a heads up on what to expect in this episode from her stories, um, Liz has... Just these really cool, like, seemingly unbelievable situations she's been in with, like, her mission and afterwards and how she and uh, her husband, Vlog, got together. Um, Some similarities that we actually talk about in the episode, you know, comparison to the stresses they faced versus the stresses Lorraine and I faced up in Canada. Um, And and even a few of the... uh, seeming impossibilities that Colette and I thought we were facing too um, with difficulties with COVID with, with our engagement story but um, listen in this episode for specifically for um, parallels that you can draw in your own life on you know any situations where it's like oh my gosh wait 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 how, how is this going to work now you got to tell me to do what you know listen for those moments in her story where you could have easily asked that, but then, then she followed through. She followed the spirit. And, well, you'll see how it turns out. It's really, really cool. Um, following the, the Holy Ghost always works. Always works. And her book, 
um, which we, again, which uh, she'll talk about and hear some more of the Holy Ghost from A to Z. She actually talks about um, her process a little bit of getting that published um, after a few tries. And I will tell you, by the way, before we actually jump in here, there are there's a set of seventy questions. or not well, it's not questions. It's like little, like a it's like a spiritual inventory thing towards like before the actually first chapter. And some of these things, I'll, if you listen, you got to listen to the very end of the episode, and then we'll go over. Oh, I'm going to mention just some of these, I'll, just to give you a small taste and maybe a teaser. Hey, I got to go check out this book. Um, there's a really cool inventory, uh, spiritual inventory points that she goes through with the reader in the beginning of the book. That it's like if you don't want to read through the whole thing, it's really really short. It's only like what is it, ninety something pages, um, but like. The inventory at the beginning it has some like amazing insights like oh if you struggle with this or if you need help with this or you know it's like you know do you struggle with um xyz whatever mortal problem you know that and it's like really it's actually quite comprehensive the variety of uh um different life challenges she poses and then offers within the chapters of the book uh, helpful solutions for so um, go through that, a little bit of that at the end just to kind of give you a teaser of what she mentions in here but yeah it's going to be a really cool story that you guys are up for so anything else you want to add love? okay well awesome you're going to love this one guys enjoy alrighty um, so I'm going to hopefully remember what you just said to me Liz we have Liz uh, cousin, cousin G awesome I got it right <laughs> Um, with us today, um, just this is kind of an interesting one because, um, if I remember right, you had posted something about reviewing yours, your podcast, and it was like, oh, I'll, I'll give you a review. Let, let's trade them, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, you, you have good stuff on yours. Like, let's let's sw swap shows here. So, <laughs> and uh, so they sent me an email with a, a few ideas. I'm like, let's talk about them all. So. You're going to have really cool stories to listen to today, everybody. Um, I'll have her introduce herself, and uh, we'll get into her story from there, and yeah. So, okay. you want to go ahead and... Yeah. So, I'm Liz Kazanji, and I grew up in Colorado, and I came out here to Utah uh, for BYU when I was 18, and I've just kind of stuck around since. Um, I married a Ukrainian, which is something I'll talk about today, um, and I'm also an author of the book The Holy Ghost from A to Z and the podcast host of Latter-day Saint Book Nook, which is how um, we got acquainted and um, which is why I'm here now. Awesome. So can you talk a little bit about, you said you, you know, you've been here ever since you were at school at BYU. Where were you, where were you, where, like, where were you born or you, where, where are you originally from? Um, so Fort Collins, Colorado. I was born and raised there. I grew up in Western Colorado, so I'm like, other side of the state. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, and then, I guess, you, I, from what I remember from your email, your story kind of starts, like, when you went on your mission. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what, like, leading up to that, what made you decide to serve in the first place? Was it just ring raise the church, or was there some kind of, you know, specific journey to that point for you, or... Yeah, so I I had always wanted to serve a mission as, as long as I could remember. Um, I've just always had a strong testimony and a desire uh, to serve. And back in my day, I can say, um, the age <laughs> limit was 21 for sisters, right? 
Um, and oh my gosh, like it makes me feel old now. I'm just like <laughs> it was the same for us. Yeah, yes. Um, and and so I waited, and um, at that time I at BYU I, uh, I I dated here and there, and there was a, a guy that I who was serving, and I was kind of waiting for him, and um, he got back, and uh, I had turned 21 that summer, but I decided to wait and see what what happened with him. Um, and actually, that was the year that they dropped the age of 19. <laughs> and I'm like, I waited all this time, and now, you know, everyone can go. <laughs> but um, but it didn't work out with that guy, and so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back to my plan A, which is um, to serve. And I had already put in my papers um, and got everything ready, so it's kind of interesting that we, like, we broke up on... Um, a Thursday or a Friday, and within two weeks, two weeks later than that, I had my mission call because oh, they were nice. processing things so fast because <laughs> they had so many applications from from sisters. Wow. Um, well, at that time, yeah, right. Yeah. If I remember correctly, I think it went from like fifty something thousand to like eighty something. Yeah. And then kind of like it's plateaued around sixty something now, sixty something, I don't know, sixty seventy something. Anyways, that's that's funny. I love that because I think that that general time period was like you know i i remember the, like the audible gasp <laughs> from the people in the conference center <gasps> what uh-huh. could, like picture people just everyone half of the people just pulling out their phones and texting heroin oh, get your papers in now because you can <laughs> it's like what yeah. so i was the one that my seminary teacher said that back in the day even before uh, probably around 2001 or whatever saying that they'd done that, right, lowered it to 19. I got all excited, and then came back the next day, found out that he was totally teasing. Oh, yeah. Was she was messing so with you. <laughs> and then it actually happened. Oh, yeah, after I was done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Home for a while. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I got home until Nate, so, yeah, yeah I've been for a while. So, so, you got your call to serve in Ukraine. Yes. What are your first thoughts? Um, I was super excited. I wanted, I wanted a hard mission. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Wow. I wanted a hard language. I, would, <laughs> I wanted a challenge, um, and I had already been in Eastern Europe. I did a in, oh. an internship in Romania, which is right next door. Oh, was so, an internship? Um, it was working with uh, orphans in an oh, orphanage wow. and children's hospital. I studied human development, and so it went right into that. Yeah. Um, so it was cool that I kind of had the culture under my belt, um, but I, uh, I had learned Romanian a little, uh, but I, now I was able to learn uh, Russian, and I was really excited. How do they compare? Uh, way different. Like, like yeah. as an ease of learning? Um, well, that's another interesting thing, is that I, growing up, I had studied different languages. I had studied Spanish in high school, a little bit of German in college, and then Romanian. Wow. Um, and languages were always really hard for me. Um, <laughs> and you were learn hard anyways. <laughs> but the thing is, when I learned Russian, it just clicked with me. Oh, and man. I was able to learn it really fast, pretty easily. I mean, I, I went through a, you know, it, I wouldn't call it easy, but it was way easier than other languages. So. And if I may, I'm thinking, there's the Holy Ghost for you, gift yeah. of tongues. <laughs> yeah, gift of tongues. And wow. yeah, it was a huge blessing. I was going to say with the orphan thing, uh, that's right up your alley, honey, because with your degree, right? I also have the degree in human development. Oh, yeah? Go yeah. from Utah State instead. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a great so. one. Yeah. And then, well, there was with Colette, like, Colette got into um, 
deaf education studies and um, okay so let's get started with you, you see there's a, like a whole bunch of just kind of one thing after another after another you felt the Lord telling you to do on your mission that was like wait what all right so how did that begin or start out and why don't you go into that for a little bit yeah so um a lot of it is has to do with the courtship story of me and my husband. Okay. Um, so I was serving my mission, and I served my first area in Kiev, in an area of Kiev, um, for a very long time, almost a year, and then I moved to my second area, um, and there was um, a guy. He was in the bishopric, and as soon as I met him, um, I was immediately interested. Like it just piqued my interest. And I'm a, you know, I was a sister missionary, I was super focused, but I just noticed, wow, this is an awesome guy. You picture your, your companion, lock your heart, sister! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and time went on, and I just noticed, um, I, I hardly interacted with him. I think we counted maybe four or five interactions between us on the mission. Um, but I... Sorry, and how long were you there for again? In that area? Yeah. About three, four months. Okay. Um, for a missionary, that's a while, yeah. Yeah. And and nothing, you know, nothing happened, right? But um, I would just notice these these little things of of him serving and and how diligent he was, and um, you know, visiting even just visiting the widows in the ward. Um, and I I often later would go back to the scripture, um, by their fruits ye shall know them, and all the fruits that I saw from him, his name's Flawed. Um, were were good, and I, I just knew he was this this great guy. Um, but again, I was a sister missionary. He was like 12 years older than me. There was no chance <laughs> of anything happening, right? Um, but then one day, it was a Sunday, and we I was giving a talk, and he was also giving a talk. So I got up and gave my talk, and I sat back down on the stand, and he got up and gave his talk. And as he started speaking, um, something happened within me. Um, it was just this huge spiritual experience, almost feeling like a, like a dam broke, and I was flooded with feelings of love toward him. Wow. Um, super intense. It's like, out of nowhere. this isn't allowed. Oh, what's going on? Yeah. It's like, what is going on? I am on my mission, and, and it just came out of the blue, and I remember that night, my my companion, Sister Parrish, we were really close, and we had we had gone to bed and had the lights out, and and I'm like, Sister Parrish, I have something to tell you, and she's like, what? And I said, I'm in love with Brat Cousin G. <laughs> Brat is his brother in, in Russian. Anyways, I, I just knew I had these really strong feelings, and I was like, okay, what do I do? I'm a, I'm a missionary, I'm focused, and everyone in the mission knew that I was very focused and diligent. Like, there, I wasn't some, like, boy chaser or whatever. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna give it some time. If I'm still feeling this way in a week, I'll write my mission president. And so time went on, and the feelings did not get any less intense. And then I'm like, okay. I'm guessing they got more intense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay. I'll write my mission present, you know, that's the right thing to do. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But then I realized at that point it was the beginning of July and I had just switched mission presidents. Oh. And so instead of this mission president that knew me from the very beginning and knew how oh. 
diligent I was and focused and everything, oh, no. I had this brand new mission president who didn't know anything about me, oh. which made it a lot more awkward. <laughs> but I did. I wrote him a letter. I even marked it urgent just in case he wanted to do something with transfers. And, and I just said, just so you know, I have these like romantic feelings for this guy and it's not bi-directional like we hardly know each other and you know he's way older and all these things but I said just so you know and he gave me a call I think that day or the next day and and he thanked me for being honest with him and um, told me that he would transfer me and transfers at that point were just a few weeks away um, and I said that's that's totally totally fine and one thing that um, I believe he told me was um, the thoughts and feelings that we have aren't nearly as important as what we do with those thoughts and feelings and so he said don't you don't have to don't feel bad about the way you're feeling but do try your best to control them um, and that's that's another thing is that I, I didn't feel guilty about my feelings either then or all throughout my mission because it wasn't romantic so much as spiritual like I knew all of this was from the spirit Oh man, okay. I just really quick here. I when you say that like that. I love stories that like love stories that start like that because in principle they're identically mirroring mirroring to both my story with my first wife Lorraine and with Colette um, now because. Um, I mean, I, I'm trying to make this brief here. That's, that's what I was asking you before. Like, if you listen to episode 40 of season one, because um, it'll tell you on there um, a lot, in a lot more detail than this. Um, on my mission, Lorraine and I like, like we had like there's like less than nothing. Mm -hmm. But like it was like, if anybody were to suggest her, you can marry her one day, I'd have been like, oh, gross, no, <laughs> that's weird, you know? She's like 15 years older than me, and she's, you know, like just she can't stand me anyways like she's in Canada I mean you know judgmental back then but I would have been like she's in a wheelchair and she's always sick and I'm not even physically attracted to her which I wasn't at the time I'm like no and then you know got home from the mission and we started calling each other because she was feeling depressed at the time, and just because I like helping people, I just like I, I, you know, she was she was actually one of the few people when I was in Hamilton who was actually like nice to me. My companion was abusive, and she was relief from that. She was kind of like, oh, well, she was so nice to me. She helped me out with a bunch of emotional garbage on the mission, and with uh, um, approved hypnotherapy, which probably wouldn't fly in the mission today. But um, so I called her trying to help her out, and that's a really a long story, but through our phone calls, there was, like, this, like, like you said, there's, like, a spiritual, like, oh, my gosh, like, like, in my heart, like, this kind of starry-eyed, oh, whoa, she's amazing. It was, like, this heart connection, right? It was, like, uh -huh. you know, all the right boxes were ticked, right? Like, it, and who, her character and everything. I'm, like, she's amazing. And then, you know, over time, the same thing, you know, with, with Lorraine and I and Colette and I, it was the same thing both ways. It was like, okay, well, we're friends. If nothing else, we're going to be really good friends, right? That's all I thought both times. And then 
you see a spiritual light shine through someone, and I'm sure you could talk about this for hours, but it's just like this, like, that spiritual, you know, quality about the person who's just so dedicated to Christ. It makes everything else about them, including their, including their appearance, like, way more enhanced, like, mm-hmm. so much more attractive. And I'm guessing that's what happened with, with you, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, like I mentioned, I was transferred, so... Um, it was my last two transfers of my mission was spent down in Odessa, which is um, near the near the Black Sea down there. And I stayed focused on my mission, and I it was hard, but me and God kind of made this uh, pact that I said, okay, if I completely give all my energy to my mission, please just take care of me after the mission with especially like finding a husband, whether that be Vlad or somebody else. Um, and that's and I'm so sorry. I'm just curious. Was, is Vlad short for something, or is I'm just? It's uh, Vladislav. Is oh, okay, I was just curious because I'm like usually from what I hear from Russian names, that's short for something else. I'm yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people think Vlad. It's short for Vladimir, but it's actually short for Vladislav. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I got home from a mission, and um, my mom still laughs that the first question I asked her asked her was, "Do you still have my laptop?" because I wanted to get on my laptop and get on Facebook and message him. <laughs> I was ready to just move forward. Um, and I did that and I, I found him and I you know, Facebook stalked him and all of the feelings were still there and I was finally excited to, to, to act on them because I could at that point, you know. What was before wrong, it would have been wrong to do anything with those feelings before. Once I was released, it was, it was totally fine, you know? It's like, and we're off! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I wrote him, and we just had this little, like, small talk conversation, but nothing came from it, because he, in his mind, I was just this random sister missionary that happened to serve as, in his ward for a few months. Um, and then, you know, the days went on, and kind of a couple weeks, and I'm thinking, what, like, how do I even make this work? How do I pursue this? How do I, like, start this conversation? <laughs> yeah, and uh, I remember going to the temple and um, praying in the in the celestial room and just explaining to God, like, I, I want a chance with him. Like, I just feel so much love for him. I want, um, I said, like, God, I know you've promised me before that you've, you'll take care of me, you'll, um, you'll help me find an, an eternal companion, um, and please let it be him. And <laughs> and I said, the only problem is, is that, you know, he's way over there, I'm here, um, I've already contacted him, and there's just, I can't see a way to move forward. And so I asked him, can you please do something to, to make this move forward, whether that's influencing my my idea was like influence him work on him through the spirit so that he contacts me um and i felt very um the spirit very powerfully in the temple that day and it reminded me of something i learned on my mission about um the two kinds of faith and it's a quote from president packer and i actually have it yeah feel free um he says i recognize two kinds of faith The first is the kind that is apparent in the world. It is the common denominator of most everything that goes on. It is the thing that lets us exist. So think of this as like the faith that the sun will rise tomorrow, right? This general faith. Um, And then he says, the second kind of faith, remarkably rare, unusual to find, 
is the kind of faith that causes things to happen. Faith is a power as real as electricity, except a thousand times more powerful. Um, and when I said that prayer in the temple, I felt like that was my second kind of faith. Like something literally changed because of my prayer that caused this to keep mo keep moving forward. Wow. Um, so again, the days went by and I had this faith that, you know, I guess at that point I was still kind of waiting for him to contact me. Because you didn't know, like, well, how's this prayer going to be answered? Like, right, yeah. Work, right? Yeah. And, uh, and then as time went on, I realized that it was kind of, um, how do I say it? To expect him to write me was was kind of strange, right? From his perspective, because again, just this random flit of uh, a memory of me serving this word. And so I got this idea to just write him a letter, <laughs> write him a Russian love letter, and just tell him everything. Tell him everything, basically, that I, that I told you. Um, and so I wrote it, and I wasn't going to send it, I just wrote it. Um, kind of just get my feelings out. I can imagine like you think you're hovering over the, the button like, oh, shut up. <laughs> and so, and then the spirit kept working on me and, and was like, you you can send that. Like, it's okay. You can send that. <laughs> and I looked back at my journal entry that day and it was like 11, 10 a.m. I just sent Vlad the letter. Shoot me now. <laughs> I was just like so nervous. But I did. I wrote this this full love letter I explained why I liked him and why you know all the things that were standing in our way the, the cultural and language and age barrier um, and why I wanted to try it anyway and all of these things um, and I asked him to get back to me soon so I you know could stop <laughs> worrying about this. Don't torture me don't let me wait. <laughs> yeah. um, and that night I got a response back from him. Whoa! A message, yeah. So there's a time difference there, like yeah. nine hours. So basically, um, anyway, he wrote back and he rejected me. And from he, what I remember in your email before this, you said big time or something like that. <laughs> it it hurt big time. That's, oh. that's for sure. So he said he was very kind, um, as he always is, and he said. Um, that he was interested in a girl at that time, and she was about to come to Kiev, and he was going to tell her his feelings and, and start to pursue a relationship with her. Um, and he also mentioned that the age difference was a huge thing. I mean, he was 35 at the time. I was 23. Um, and so that was a concern to him. And, and he said, um, you know, you're at BYU. Like, there's plenty of fish in the sea. Like, I'm sure you'll find somebody. And... I was like, okay, thanks, you know, thanks for getting back to me, and let me know if you change your mind or something like that. <laughs> and uh, so that was devastating to me, not just because I felt like personally rejected, but because I had had so many spiritual experiences leading up to that that it felt like, God, why did all of that happen when this just hit a hit a brick wall, you know? Wow. Um, so now that's all from my perspective. So now kind of taking the camera and shining it over on him in Ukraine, his perspective. So he wrote me that letter and immediately after he sent it, he felt very bad inside. Oh. He felt like, 
like the scriptures say, like a stupor of thought, like oh the gosh. spirit. <laughs> that has happened to me so many times where I send a message, and it's, it's either way, it's like, send a message, and I actually told Glenn about it a few times, where I'll tell her, I just sent the message, and either, sometimes I think you've heard me say, oh, the second I hit it, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have, I wasn't, and I'm never sure until I actually <laughs> make the decision, and then, oh, wait a minute, I'll go saying that was not a good idea. Or the other, other way around, it's like, like complete like peace. It's peace, like uh -huh. okay, that was that was a good one. It's like right away, you know. So yeah, totally yeah. get that. Wow. So then that was the exact feeling he had was I shouldn't have done that. And so he's like, I've got to study this more. <laughs> and so he goes on my Facebook and he's kind of looking around and he finds a blog that I started um, in Russian when I got home to kind of like keep supporting the the members that I had met in Ukraine. Um, and that was a. Uh, an idea that I got from the spirit, which not surprisingly leads into this story. And so he, he's looking through it and he finds a video of me playing the guitar and singing a song that I wrote in Russian um, cool. for one of my investigators. And so he turns that on and he's listening to it and he is just flooded with the spirit. <laughs> and he just feels the spirit very strongly and he, he loves music and that's one of the many things we have in common. And and he felt the spirit so strongly that he needed to pursue a relationship with me. Um, and so, Thanks, yeah, thank you. Like that is the, that's what I was waiting, praying for, you know, that he would get that confirmation to at least try this, you know? Yeah, I, I can imagine um, if it was me in a situation like that, I, would, I can imagine my first response would be like, um, first, how do you suggest this would even work with how far apart we are? Uh -huh. I mean, Lorraine and I were a thousand miles away. She was on disability. I'm working a 95 crappy job at Arby's. I'm like, that, the, the, the night I proposed to her was actually a night, a, a year from the day we met on my mission when I was home. And like the year I proposed, the, 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 that night when I proposed, it was November 4th. And the second I did it, I hung up and both of us realized, uh, wait, how is this going to happen? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. wow. Um, and so he, so when I wrote him the letter and he said no, that was like on a, a Friday or maybe Friday or Saturday. And so I, I had started to put it behind me and kind of move on with my life. And then he messaged me on Monday. And, uh, so how many days later was that? Just like two days later. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. The weekend. The weekend, yeah. Over the weekend. <laughs> and... Weekend remorse. And at first I was like, what is going on? Like, why is he talking to me again? But then he shared a little bit and said that he felt bad after saying no and that he felt the spirit telling him to, to try this out. Um, and so we chatted. So this is all over, like, Facebook Messenger. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know that little ding that the Facebook that, Messenger... That sound became... Yeah, <gasps> that sound was... Even to this day, when I hear that, I think of him and think of our... <laughs> Courtship. Sorry, what? That would be me with you. Which sound was it? Which sound was it for you? Because we met on Facebook dating app. Yeah. Oh, was it, was it the messenger thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I so forgot about Wonderful right. sound. Because so, I mean, because we started I texting first. I got all excited too. about when you would text or message in any way, and like, okay, is this gonna go somewhere? Because I don't know. Because he's because when we, our first date ended, he's like, oh, oh we should do this again. Yeah. My brain's like, our, our, when? <laughs> our day our was cut short by, by me having a podcast episode moved up, uh -huh. interestingly enough. And so I'm like, oh, I gotta go, but, but we should do that. Cause, 
the funny thing for me was with Colette, you know, I I felt like the reason I said it at, at minimum, I'm like, oh, we're going to be good friends at minimum. The reason I said that at first, even that much, was because when I talked to her, even in Culver's, um, she didn't come off as, like, you know, you talk too much, or she wasn't giving... I, I was actually trying to be very careful, because I have being on that, the Asperger's, like, autism spectrum, like, I don't catch visual cues very easily. So I was trying extra hard to watch for them, and I didn't notice anything that was, you know, that said... Oh, he's talking too much. He's annoying. This is weird stuff he's talking about. Like they're talking about some really like some spiritual matters that you don't talk about to the average person, right? And the fact that she's like, oh, she seemed agreeable. And, oh yeah, that's I like that. that. I agree with that idea too. I'm like, wait, what? You do? <laughs> you do? So then you know that was the reason why it's like for us it was, oh, spiritual connection. This 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 is great. So <laughs> yeah. Sorry, keep going, though. Um, yeah, and about that connection, so as soon as we started chatting, we realized how quick that connection was, um, <laughs> and how much we had in common, and our goals, and our love for the gospel, and how easy it was to um, to, to chat, to talk, and um, my husband said that that was kind of always hard for him to to talk with, with girls, like, just, he, it was hard to have that connection. Uh, but that came very quickly, very easily for us. Um, and we, I mean, just every day we chat. And it was at the end of his day, so this was like 11 o'clock at night for him and 2 o'clock in the afternoon for me. Oh, jeez. Um, and we would just chat for an hour or two and get to know each other. Um, and soon enough, we were, we knew that we were in love. And... How long did that take? Um, I want to say like probably... Th- three weeks before we said, I love you. <laughs> um, this was all just chatting. Um, we had never actually video chatted because he was working long shifts and oh, getting okay. home at the end of the day and was tired and stuff. But we decided to finally video chat on his birthday, which was December 17th. Nice. So this was like basically six weeks after we started chatting. And that's when we decided to get married. And he kind of brought it up by saying, I think it'd be better for us to be in America. And that whole time I was actually expecting to go to Ukraine. Like, I was totally ready to go wow. back. Well, because um, it's your mission and you love the place and you know, it makes yeah, sense. And, yeah, and he was already, like, settled and everything, but he he knew that it would be better in America, that I had a lot of family nearby, and especially with healthcare and our desire to have a family, um, that it would be better here. And so we got engaged without any rings or even, like, a formal proposal. We just, you know, decided to get married. Wow. Um, that was kind of Lorraine and I, too. Like, I don't know if on the phone call that night, I'm just... The weird thing is, I don't know about you in that situation. I'm, tell me if this is the same for you, but the night I proposed to Lorraine, it was like... I, I don't have a very vivid or good visual memory about even, like, most important moments in my life. It, usually it's just kind of, you know, oh, I remember something that was sad or where, or generally where I was, what I was doing, you know. But that night I was so nervous because, you know, also we didn't have a ring. We hadn't really, you know, we, we hadn't even talked about it. Mm-hmm. We hadn't even discussed it. We just said, what is this? We're feeling for each other. Wow. And we'd, we'd say, oh, I love you so much. You're such a great friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just... But that, like, I can remember, and I think I told you about this too, Colette, um, 
I can remember pacing. I remember where everything was. There was a green couch by the windows on the far wall. On the, and on, like the, on the opposite side of the room, there was a little dip into like two stairs down and the left turn into the front door if you're going outside. And there was two, uh, I think there was a bike or two. Scene. Like, I remember everything about the scene, visually. That never happens with me, ever. <laughs> so which tells you it's like, this moment. is very unexpected, scary, happy, impromptu, what the heck's going on? So it's like, <laughs> that's why when you said that, I picture like, oh my gosh, I can relate a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and I can remember where, where I was when we were... We were chatting and and talking about that. So, wow. um, so the next step of that came. How are we going to get him here? <laughs> and um, we knew about like uh, the fiance visa, and a little time after we got engaged. So when we got engaged, we're, he and I aren't very public people, and so it was just kind of a personal thing, and not many people knew about it except for our families. Uh, that makes me curious to hear more uh, when we get to this part in your story about how you started the podcast, considering that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so he ended up talking to a friend of his who is the stake president in Kiev, um, and he suggested that we do make it public so that people like don't spread rumors, basically, to just mm -hmm. like get out and open. And, and so we followed that and posted on Facebook that we were engaged. Um, which was a huge surprise yeah. to a lot of people. Comment, 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 comment. Some comment, people comment, thought comment. we were doing like, engaged just this random Ukrainian, but, um, but yeah, we did that, and thanks to that, we were able to get in contact with um, someone else. So one of Vlad's friends in Ukraine, a, um, a girl, married a um, missionary that had served there. So like, kind of our story, but backwards. Yeah. So the girl was there, and the guy was the missionary. And uh, they did this whole thing too with the fiance visa, and so they reached out uh, to me and said, "If you need any help with the paperwork, we are here to help you." And they were a huge resource because to fill out the paperwork for all that, it is just mountains of work, um, and just so much documentation, and you have to fill out everything right. And it was the same thing when uh, I went up to Canada, the permanent resident process up there. Yes. Uh -huh. Oh my gosh! Like I don't even I don't know. If it's like for the states, but for Canada, it's like they asked us, you know, like please take pictures of everybody who shows up to your ring ceremony, write their names in the backs of pictures, right? The day you met them, how long you've like every I'm like. What, what do you want, our blood type? Uh -huh. I, I was seriously, like, it was like one step shy of that. Like, uh -huh. I think we, we, they told us to expect to wait 18, 24 months for a response. Oh, wow. Forget the processing altogether, right? For a response. Uh -huh. And I'm convinced to this day that because we photo, just out of desperation to get this happening as fast as possible, we photocopied our temple recommends front and back and, you know, put a little, like, copied them on a sheet of paper and then wrote on the back, Look, this is what we have to do to get these. We're honest, moral oh, people. Nice. Please, like, <laughs> don't, like, we're, we're not, like, out to, you know, get money from the government or anything. We're, uh, like, legit people here. And because of, I, I'm convinced it was because of that, that my PR status was set in stone and solved, uh, like, done in eight months. Wow. I didn't even have to wait a year. I'm like, uh. Okay, that worked. So. Yeah, so when you mentioned the, the pictures, pictures are a huge deal because for the fiancé visa, you have to have met in person. And so a lot of people will like heavily document meeting in person. Like they will be in front of like this monument that you know it's it's Ukraine or whatever, and together, and all these pictures together. And Vlad and I had no pictures no, together no. at all because this was all remote. 
when we were serving as um, when I was serving there I even looked for like a award photo like maybe there was a award activity that happened to catch the two oh, of us no. but but there was nothing absolutely nothing <laughs> and I'm like okay well we're just gonna have to make up for this by like documenting everything else and explaining our situation and stuff and so time went on and we were planning this um, a July wedding and we we kind of so this was December and I got all the paperwork in you know January February and it said it was supposed to be you know three to five months so we'd be cutting it kind of now it's a lot shorter than I had to wait <laughs> yeah and so he finally got this interview at the the consulate in in Kiev at the beginning of June and he met with the person and and explained our stories and he looked through all our evidence we like printed out all of our chat logs and our our Skype logs and everything and he's like wait so you have no pictures together like and you didn't even date while you were together and this guy was like really skeptical and we were expecting like to either get approved or denied and and we would know either way right but he went away from the interview with a maybe so the guy said I got to like I've got to check into this more and so that was a really hard time of limbo for us we were like what like how long was that for um I can't remember a few a few days I think oh wait well I was thinking like it was a few weeks months no no thankfully so here's what happened that that guy from the embassy um happened to know that friend who had recommended that we make our relationship public the the state president and actually call contacted um him and asked (laughs) (laughs) and and asked about us and actually he that state president he also had the idea to as part of our evidence he wrote a letter saying i know liz i know vlad they're good people they met in person they served they were in the same area for this long and here is my you know signature attesting to that um and it was thanks to that 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 guy changed his mind (laughs) and he gave us the visa um we found out about it at on like june 25th or something he bought a plane ticket as soon as he could he flew here on july 6th and we got married on july 10th Wow. Wow. So he came here on a Monday and we got married on Friday. That kind of reminds me of not not quite as intense, but when uh, we called my grandpa, was it three days before our temple ceiling? Grandpa, did you get a president approval from the first presidency yet? Because he, he, he sealed us. Oh, yeah? And, you know, if it's not your temple, if it's, especially if it's family, you have to get permission. If it's not your temple, then yeah. it seals in, right? So three days before, oh, yeah, yeah, I got permission. I'm like... Thanks for telling us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So we had planned, like, all our wedding. We had everything planned except we didn't know if we would have a groom. (laughs) We were just waiting on a groom. But we did. And we actually, um, I had a friend who photoshopped our our, um, wedding invitations. So, oh, wow. so there's a picture. It, it was a picture of me and my companion in front of the Keep Temple, but he um, took out my companion and put Vlad instead, and everybody thought it was just <laughs> us at the temple. You did a good job. Awesome. Yeah, we still have that. It's, it's on our fridge at home. That Photoshop yes. wedding invitation. Good to people. Oh, that's nice. Mm, one of us wasn't actually there at that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that is kind of our story of of how the spirit worked on both both of us um, yeah and not just you and Vlad but on the, uh, the state yes, president on absolutely. the border 
person like mm-hmm. the, the people that out. reached out to, yeah. to help us with the paperwork a lot of a lot went into getting us together well, I'm, I'm now I'm thinking like I should have made Lorraine and I's situation more public even though like we had tons of opposition from pretty much everyone we knew saying you guys are nuts mm-hmm. this is never gonna work and now I'm thinking you know I'm wondering how many people said that to you and I'm like eh, yeah. you know maybe we should have <laughs> people thinking like he was just coming over to get a green card even though he's never ever wanted to come to America <laughs> like he wasn't one of those <laughs> but it's interesting because so a lot of courtships are very simple with the spirit um yeah giving these, like, I don't know, it's not as crazy as mine, right? Mm-hmm. Or miraculous. Yeah, you don't hear stories like ours and yours every day. So. Yeah. But the thing is, like, for us to come together and make that choice, we needed something very strong. We needed something very straightforward from the Spirit, all of these miraculous experiences, so that we would have the courage and the faith to, to, to keep going with it. And even just um, him coming over with uh, no like no prospects of a, no job, he had to wait on on job permission, and then basically just starting from the very bottom. He started working at DI, and then FedEx, and making his way up. And he um, he had a degree in Ukraine, but it was kind of useless when he came over. And so he had, he got. Yeah, new, how likely is he, how like you 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 know is it to be able to get credits from a foreign university, right? So. Yeah. And, um, and so, and it, when you came over, like, to even get a green card, you have to, like, pay, like, a thousand dollars, like, yep. so yep. much, so, so much for a honeymoon yeah. like that. Lorraine and I are, I think it was 490 for processing to submit the application, and then another, like, four something, 500 something to, for your landing fee, oh, yeah. thanks to a very generous bishop, and then for us, we found out afterwards that. Um, ODSP Ontario Disability they came back and said wait a minute you guys were like living together after you were married until you you got his PR for how long because like after after we were married is when we heard back right about PR status and um which is a huge risk because <laughs> it's like if they deport me oh we're married what are we supposed to do now like you know <laughs> and so for that it was like they told us well, if you were living together that for that much time, married, then, you know, now that you have PR status and you're a permanent resident, you should have told us because you still qualify. They gave us so much back pay for months that I was oh. living there that I didn't know uh-huh. I could have gotten That's support nice. from ODSP as well. And so that back pay they gave us covered the entire cost that the bishop helped us out with oh. for permanent resident status and some. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, God, you're just fantastic <laughs> yeah yeah the lord the lord takes care of you when you are faithful so. yeah. and the last thing i'll mention about this courtship story is that i mentioned that before my mission i had uh been dating a guy and it didn't work out um and that was also devastating at the time um because i had felt again i had felt spiritual uh, inclinations to to pursue this right okay. and i remember just afterward just like crying and just being so upset and confused and then the Lord just saying um, do you trust me and no matter what I would say and all my feelings and praying to God he would always just come back to that do you trust me um, and I remember so fast forward now you know two years or after that or even longer 
when Vaught and I were engaged, and I was um, finishing up my last semester at BYU, and I was on my way um, walking to campus, just so filled with joy, just so just in love with Vlad. I had just talked to him or whatever, and I was on um, cloud nine, and I was just so happy. And I was passing the place where I had said that prayer years before, and when, when God <laughs> said, hey, trust me, and, and then the Spirit just told me from God saying, now do you understand like why I wanted you to trust me? <laughs> like I needed to go on a mission at that time. Um, that whole relationship with that guy before my mission kind of helped me stay grounded and not pursue like marriage before. Like it, yeah. kind of, like I wasn't dating seriously before because of this guy. And so I was able to serve a mission at the time I needed to meet Vlad and get married to him. Wow. So, I guess some of the questions I have for you for for that would probably apply to the next part of your experience here after that. So, um, I guess for our listeners, if there's one, I mean, having been through a similar experience myself, um, different country and all that, but, um, you know, I'm just like, you know, I, I hear enough of these stories now over, over the last, let's see here, it's been 10, 11, 12, 13 years since I went back up to Canada and back here in the States now. Um, I've heard enough of these kinds of stories to, to you know, see a common denominator in all of them. Um, and for our listeners, just something to remember that, you know, when the Lord wants you to do something, and when you you try and do everything you can to you know, as like as you did in your prayer, like I want this. Will you help me with it? You know, if this if it's something that's directed by the Spirit, that's born of that, um, as you put your will in alignment with His, these kinds of miracles are going to happen. So then you got into writing and podcasting in a way that from your email you just kind of wait am I doing this like yeah yeah so um I I've always wanted to be a writer and an author okay I wouldn't say always but I'd say from college on have you written anything in Russian no I'm just curious I was like That'd be well the book that I I've, that just got published I kind of roughly translated translated into, into <laughs> Russian for because I go to the Russian-speaking branch in Salt Lake, and uh -huh. so we know a lot of... Oh, there was one. Wow. Yeah, it's the only one, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's pretty great. Um, but anyways, I, when I got married, I decided, okay, I'm going to start pursuing this. And so I, um, I wrote a book that it, I called it um, 5,000 Questions to Apply the Book of Mormon to Your Life. And I went verse by verse, and uh, it's kind of like a verse by verse study guide, but instead of commentary, it's got um, these open-ended discussion questions that you can use in a lesson or um, as like a prompt for journaling or in a family discussion. And so I wrote this, and I wrote this, I, my plan was to do two volumes, so I wrote the first volume for the first half, and I submitted it to, to Deseret Book. And I this was another thing that wasn't just my own personal desire, but um, feelings from the spirit of you're going to be a writer, like you're going to be a great writer. 
and so I submitted it to Desert Book, um, and I was rejected. And uh, Desert Book is very picky about you know what they yes. publish. Yes, I, I have seen that too. I used to try to submit a, a three hundred plus page historical fiction about Abish's might have been son. Oh, nice. I, it took me like a year of research and you know so much hours of working and thinking through things and like I can imagine Joseph Smith writing the Book of Mormon how like people say like it's oh it's a fraud he you know he's just really smart like. Do you guys have any clue how much research it takes to write something that, like, for me, my book just has to sound like it might be possible. His had to actually be 100% factual. Uh -huh. All those thousands of details of history, I had trouble writing a 300-page book that doesn't even have to be true. Mm -hmm. It had to look like it could be. And that's freaking hard. <laughs> so, I mean... And his was a third-grade education. Yeah. I mean, it's all like, I'm like, you know, a Desiree book is picky, yeah. This is how this is how I know they are very picky. <laughs> yeah, and so um, after I got that, I thought, okay, well, I'll self-publish it. And so I learned that, that whole deal, put it on Amazon, um, and since I didn't know much about like anything like marketing or the cover or all these things that go into making a book successful, um, it didn't really go anywhere. Uh, the people that did get a hold of it loved it, um, but it's it's hard to get your book out there, basically. <laughs> And eventually, I, I've, I've also got a background in web development, and eventually I like put it on a, a website as, you know, this kind of interactive um, study guide, like question guide. Um, and then eventually I finished the second half, um, knowing that, you know, it wouldn't be officially published, but I wanted to, you know, finish that project. Um, and then I was doing some other things, and all this time I was also raising one, two, and then three kids, um, kind of working part-time to get my husband through school, mm -hmm. um, so I was, like, really busy, but there finally came a point where um, I was in a position where I could write, and I really wanted to write. And you I had the time. Yes, I had the time, I had the desire, um, I was praying for inspiration, and then one night, so this was February of last year, um, one night I had a dream, and in the dream I was teaching like a relief study lesson with my mom or something. Was it in Russian? No. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> and we were. Um, I was teaching something, and I had like a a chart, like a board, and uh, it had some principle that started with A, and then I, I flipped to the next page, and we talked about something that started with B, and that was like my uh, my okay, format actually. of lesson. So um, the the dream itself was not all that exciting. It was literally just what I told you. But when I woke up, as clear as day, I had the title in my mind, The Holy Ghost from A to Z, What the Spirit Can Do for You. And I knew that I wanted it to take an A to Z, like talking about the blessings of the Spirit, um, letter by letter. Like pick something that fits in. And a. from what I read in the table of contents from what you sent me, like you've got some good stuff in there. There's some good ideas. Yeah, there? it it all fit I'm like, but, well oh, what, what you use for X? I'm like, oh, that's clever. That's yeah, cool. <laughs> people tend to, people look at the X and they're like, nah, you couldn't have come up with X. <laughs> it helps you examine your life. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, Introspection. <laughs> so after that, I was able to actually write it in a very um, short time frame, about a month, month and a half. Wow. Um, just super inspired by the spirit. Um, and I will mention that the hardest thing about writing a book about the spirit is keeping the spirit. <laughs> because I could not write if I wasn't feeling the Holy Ghost. 
and uh, it's that's that's kind of how it works for me with writing music too. Like I just finished an album that I'm getting ready to put out soon, and like uh, when I like just feeling super tired or you know frustrated at something or oh man I just said something stupid again with you know Asperger's problems. Um, like hashtag Asperger's problems. Um, <laughs> it's like until I like find a way to you know like I'll go get something to eat if I'm tired or uh, you know send the, some, like respond to the person again saying hey I just wanted to clarify what I meant by that I'm sorry if I came off like okay. I, I I can't inspiration just doesn't flow like that story with Joseph Smith right uh-huh. yeah that conflict with Emma just try to go translate can't do it it's like you cannot work with the spirit unless you live in a way that lets you keep it mm-hmm. yep and I remember like. Usually I, try, I I wrote most of the stuff in the evening when the kids were in bed. And sometimes I would try to, try to fit some writing in during the day, but then my kids would be, like, bugging me. Ugh. And I'd be, like, writing, like, my um, the B chapters that the Spirit can help you strengthen your bond with others. And it's all about how Ugh. the Spirit can help us uh, be more tender, and it can also help us um, strengthen our relationships and help us know the need, needs of others and soften our heart and all this stuff. And I'd have, like, my my kids bugging me, and I'd, like, get mad at them and yell at them to go away and leave me alone. Uh, and then I'd get back to my um, my computer, and then I'd just kind of, like, facepalm, like, I'm writing about relationships, and I just damaged that relationship. <laughs> and I couldn't go back to it until I had made things right with my, with my kids. Oh, man. So, um, anyway, so I wrote that book. I uh, had people kind of review it a little bit, edited it, and eventually submitted it to, so I wanted to submit to Desert Book, but they weren't accepting um, submissions at the, at the time. Um, because I'm guessing they do that like every so often, because it's like, okay, 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 enough everybody, yeah, we it was, catch up now. It's it like, was during COVID, which is probably oh. when like, everyone and their dog were like writing books. Oh yeah, right. Um, so I submitted it to Cedar Fort, which is the largest independent LBS publisher. And, and you'll ask them about my album as well. <laughs> and actually looking at my bookshelf, I've got a bunch of like gospel books and like half of them are from Cedar Fort, even though I bought them from Desert Book because Desert <laughs> Book carries from other publishers as well. Nice. Anyways, I submitted it to them in July um, and then they responded and said, we love this, we want to publish it. And so the the publication date was set for the, the following June, which is like a few weeks ago basically. Um... And so that was really exciting that I was finally being traditionally published. And it was also exciting that I had this new book idea that can now continue to be a series. Because basically the the format of my book is these very concise but doctrine-packed chapters. I'm going to read that now more in depth because I'm like, you ever read The Infinite Atonement? Like... Doctrinal meat every page. Uh-huh. I've read that like two and a half times. I'm like, okay, I gotta go read yours now. Yeah. All the so, way through. <laughs> and because people don't have a lot of time to read this huge book, so I wanted them to get every like condensed, mm-hmm. like pure doctrine here, and not, you know, not a lot of space. And it's also very applicable. So every chapter ends with these like questions, which I probably got from the questions guy. <laughs> I was so used to writing questions. I'm like, I gotta give people ways to apply this. And then also at the beginning of, of the book, there's this thing called the spiritual inventory quiz, where it's got a bunch of statements that you can kind of put a check mark if it re- relates to you, and then you could go straight to that chapter. Nice. Like if, like there's one that says, 
um, I'm experiencing contention with another person, or I'm having doubts about the church. And um, if you, you know, if you feel like that applies to you, you can go straight to H, which is that the Spirit can soften your heart. So that way you, you can literally do that quiz, go straight to a chapter that means something to you, read it in five minutes, and think about the questions. And in 15 minutes you can get something, like, find something new that's relevant to you and know exactly how to apply it. Man, since you know when your ideas are directed by the Spirit, when? Yeah, and all of those things, all of those ideas came, were totally from the Spirit, and and all came together for this book. And now I'm going to be working on the plan of salvation from A to Z, which oh. is going to have the exact same thing, this A to Z, 26 chapters with those questions, with the spiritual inventory quiz, and now I've got like a, a very clear direction. I was going to be like, we should like collaborate and write a book on um, the A to Z of spiritual power of music or something uh -huh. because being a composer and songwriter I'm like that could so easily apply to just music like especially because you know you have your A, B, C, D, E, F, G right and then it's getting better like yeah, we should do that um, let's and, see and then so you mentioned my podcast so when, once I got um, signed the contract with Cedar Fort they're really big into try to build a platform you know try to that to try to get yourself out there, network, and um, basically market your book, market yourself. And I went to this author's conference at BYU, um, LDS PMA, which I recommend for anybody who creates I've, I've, anything. Yeah, I've recently messaged them, hey, I've, can I, Clint and I went to one of their things, because um, someone invited us, but we kind of weren't sure what was going on. I think the, I maybe we just didn't understand the information or whatever. I'm like, I gotta bring my stuff back here. I'm 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 an artist person. You know, media is an art. Like, so uh huh. I, I have to do one of these. So. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And their conference. So I went to their or I watched their conference um, in October, and I, I watched a few sessions about podcasting, and I had never even imagined doing a podcast, because so one reason is that I kind of box box myself in, and I I would think I'm a writer, not a speaker. Like, I do, I do not consider myself to be eloquent, and when I'm writing, I can write it exactly the way I want it to be, and I can work on it before it gets out to anybody. I'm picturing, uh, who is in the book, Mormon, that's, like, there's, there's, you have both ways. There's one that says, oh, we're a good writer, but we're not good speakers. And the other, yeah. I'm a good speaker, but I'm not a good writer, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that verse as well. Um, and then the other thing is, is that I hated my voice. <laughs> and, and I almost said I hate my voice, but I've gotten better. <laughs> so I have been, always been like super self-conscious about my voice. I've hated my singing voice for a long time until I met Colette, and she's like, "You sing great." I'm like, "Oh, because my, my first wife Lorraine, like she was very, very good at hearing what constitutes a good quality voice, and she was always telling me, "You have decent pitch." <laughs> But I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. You know, she's like, I, I, she goes, you just gotta practice. I'm like, I can't practice around you. You make me self-conscious because you're so much better than you hear everything I'm doing wrong that I can't tell I'm doing wrong. <laughs> Piano is one thing. I've been doing that for almost 28 years now. But it's like with Lorraine, I was like, oh, I, I don't want to sing around you because I, I'm confident with piano. With voice around you, uh, uh. <laughs> so like, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. In principle, I get it. And and so it was first coming to terms with my singing voice because I sing at a tenor level and I always thought I should you know I, I sound like a man and that's how I felt about my speaking voice as well um, but 
now looking back, I can tell that that was, you know, those doubts were just Satan trying to keep me from doing something good. And so after this conference, I just had this, the spirit prompting me like, hey, you should, you know, you should try a podcast and getting these ideas of um, talking about books because I love to read and I used to be a book reviewer. Um, I, I used to be an editor. Just I'm obsessed with books, you know, and now I'm an <laughs> author. And, and then I came up with the idea of Latter-day Saint Book Nook, which is where I pull gospel insights from books of all genres. So sometimes I'm talking about like spiritual desert book type mm -hmm. books. Your first episode was fantastic, by the way. Oh, thank you. Listeners, you should go check it out. It's actually really cool. And like the story, I'm like I've never even heard of the story before. I'm like, Whoa, yeah, it was about what is the, this? the little prince. Yep. Yep. I'm like, at first I'm thinking this kind of sounds. Wait, you know the little prince? Um, I watched that movie religiously as well. <laughs> I didn't know it. And so I'm like, this sounds like kind of a Pride and Prejudice themed book. I'm like, Okay, I mean it's not my cup of tea, but whatever. Like whatever, keep listening. But then the kind of the parallels you drew from the book to the gospel, I'm like, oh, I do this with Marvel movies all the time. I mean, very different genres, but I'm like, yeah. The, the, most people would think, what does that have to do with the gospel? I'm like, oh, let, let me, me tell you. This. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and so I learned how to put everything together. Like I learned all the the technicalities behind podcasting, and um, then I, I launched it in February. Uh, very tentatively, um, because of all my, you know, self self doubts basically. Okay. And then people started listening to it, and the the more feedback I heard, the more I realized <laughs> my voice is totally fine. Like, and people actually, there were some people that commented that they like my voice. Like, sometimes. I was just gonna say that earlier, by the way. If they hear like. It's kind of got like a bedtime story effect. Oh yeah? yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and um, and so hearing that it just kind of like was mind mind blowing to me. My husband even said like, You got a you've got a great voice, like you could go into something like like broadcasting or audiobook recording or something and I was like, What? Like this was like my number one fear. At first it was something that I felt like I like needed to do to grow my platform and I was supposed to be doing these things but soon it became something that I just fell in love with and I just love um, thinking about what to share and I think there's power in the voice I think that's why podcasts are popular not just because people are in a hurry and they, it's easier to listen to than read but because um, there, there's a lot that you can convey just with speaking yeah because so. the voice has more inflection than text any day yeah yeah yeah, so that's kind of how I, I grew to be where I am right now as a writer and now a podcaster. Um, and I feel like I'm finally where the Lord saw me being before I could imagine myself being here. I feel like I've got a direction, I've got this first book under my belt, and planning several more. Um, and I've got this like really good trajectory right now, I feel. Well, if you're going to turn into audiobooks... Come back down here, we'll help you. Yes, actually, I made an audiobook of my... Oh, cool. Yeah, so once I started podcasting, I was like, wow, I, I, I know all of this. I could totally audio... I could narrate my own audiobook. And so I did that just like a month ago and got oh, it nice. done in time for the release. So now my book is on Amazon. You could get it the paperback, which is just this beautiful book, and or a Kindle or an audiobook. Cool. So. That is awesome. Okay, so... I, I, something I like about this whole story, stories, <laughs> um, 
there's this repeated theme of the Spirit telling you to do something that you were like, uh, why? Yeah. I, I, I can't, mm, I don't know about this, you know. Um, especially with a lot of, you know, at the beginning we were talking about with setback after setback and, oh, this worked, oh, but then that needs to be, and then this worked, oh, but then this is a problem, you know, right? And so, first thing I, before I get to this first question here, what I want to ask you is um, to keep in mind, um, kind of when we go through what I want to ask you here, um, specific scriptures, since that's the kind of been the theme for a lot of the season is um, freedom through the scriptures. So, mm -hmm. if you could just kind of keep in mind as we go through these questions here, what scriptures you you would personally relate to um, your answers here. So, number one is that you know, along the idea that everybody here in this room has um, had periods where just it seems like we have just problem to figure out after problem after problem, and it's like, okay, is that, are we just going to have smooth sailing point any point soon here? You know, does this Okay, this and then that and then that hard thing. It's like, is it gonna? When's this gonna stop? You know. Um, and so I, I, I'm wondering, did you or how did you, um, or do you now, uh, see how the Lord is actually helping you become more free by allowing those difficult setbacks to happen? Yeah, um, I think a lot of it comes down to trusting Him, and trusting that his plan is the best for you and that his timing is the best for you. Um, so for example, if I, um, if that first relationship before my mission had worked out, um, my life would be, you know, way different. Um, but I trusted him and he led me to something else that was better. Um, that gave me more, um, freedom, I guess, in a sense to, to become who I'm supposed to be. Um, and I, th I thought in the scripture, um, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Okay. And I think that's super important that as long as we're focusing on following the Spirit, following God's plan for us, um, then he leads us to what is absolutely best for us. And we just need to trust him that he will take care of us. Wow. And that's, I mean, that's how it works with... I think with any difficulty, and, and I, I, can, I can think of people being like, well, yeah, but, you know, you had success, and I have this difficulty, and, you know, I'm not having the same signs and everything as you did, so, but the principle applies either way, you know. Um, you trust him, when you choose to trust the Lord with, you know, putting, putting your life in his hands, maybe not the same good things, but good things that you need that are still going to give you that sense of, oh, Wow, it did work, you know, regardless of what that source is, he's going to bring something into your life that you know, gives you a sense of, oh, now I get it. I can be, you know, and then you, like, you, my heart can rest now, you know, mm -hmm. until the next thing. Um, I know you said you're uh, trying to you know, be uh, conscious of time here, but um, you received several persuasions from the Holy Ghost that to do things that seemed totally irrational I mean and, and so what I'm curious is what was it be it an idea or a person or anything else that convinced you to heed those promptings anyway um I remember one moment in particular is when I wrote that letter to Flawed and I hadn't sent it yet and 
I remember, so I was with visiting my sister in Texas at the time, and she had, um, her twins at that time were, were pretty little, they were like three or four years old, and you know how kids sometimes like freak out about something like a bug or something, and, and you say, oh, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah. Um, so with that having happened recently, the spirit spoke to me in, in the same way about sending the letter, and I just got this feeling of, it's okay, like, you're freaking out over this little thing, <laughs> but I know the big picture, and I know that it's okay. Um, and so I think that just one of the beautiful things about the Spirit is that um, He speaks to us in a way that we understand. And that, uh, it reminds me of, um, sorry, uh, is it Jacob, I want to say like 410 or something, where it says the Spirit speaks to man according to his understanding. Yes, yeah. And uh, that's my you chapter in the book, is the Spirit speaks to your understanding. And I think I probably quote that as well. Um, and so, I don't know, the Spirit just, just has a good way of getting to you, whether that's through thoughts or feelings or, or remembering certain moments, like remembering my sister saying, it's okay, it's okay with her kids. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I just, I've had enough experiences in my life where I've heeded those, that I just know that it's always better to. Um, we, we use the phrase exercising faith, and exercising means doing something you know over and over again to strengthen your that, muscles. That's hard, yeah. And so the more you follow the Spirit, the more those spiritual muscles are strengthened, and the more you realize how much God takes care of you in those moments, and so the more you want to keep doing it. And so I think that helped me the most to heed those those promptings, even crazy ones like <laughs> write this Russian love letter to this <laughs> man who's practically a stranger, or start this podcast, even though you've never even thought, you yeah. know, dreamed of doing something like that. Mm -hmm. So, if there's any, just to kind of uh, wrap up here, if there's any advice um, with someone who's facing what seems to be an impossible decision. Um, and if you you know if there's a specific scripture you want to relate to this, feel free. Um, but is there any advice you would give to someone who is in the middle of something like you know it seems like an impossible situation, similar to what you felt uh, experienced earlier, uh, years and years ago? Now I'm guessing. Um, what would you tell them? Um, I would say trust God. And that is really hard to do when you're in that moment. Um, back when I was having hard times and, and God asked me, do you trust me? Um, I wish there was, there had been a different answer. I wish there was something like more concrete rather than just, just trusting that God knows everything. He has everything under control. He knows what's best for you. And so I would say trust God, but also do what you need to to strengthen that trust in God. Um, learn, you know, immerse yourself in the scriptures, and th there you will find time after time when, when God blessed people for their righteousness. And just know that if you are striving to do what you're supposed to do and striving to keep the commandments, that God will be with you and he will help you through whatever it is that you're going through. Awesome. Um, wow. Appreciate you joining us today. Um, 
And just for our listeners, for one last uh, reminder, tell them where they can find your books and your podcast. Uh, yeah, so Latter-day Saint Book Nook is my podcast, so you can find that at lbsbooknook.com. And there you can find a link to my personal website, which is just my first and last name, uh, Liz, and then K-A-Z-A-N-D-Z-H-Y. But again, lbsbooknook.com, and you can find my picture there and click that. Um, for my book, The Holy Ghost from A to Z, What the Spirit Can Do for You, um, you can just find that on Amazon or cedarfort.com or several other places. Uh, just Google The Holy Ghost from A to Z, and you'll find that. Cool. Thanks so much, Liz. Yeah, thank you. I don't know about you guys, but that one, I just, I don't know, I had the funnest time talking to her during that episode. I just... For those of you who are waiting for this, by the way, from what I mentioned in the intro, um, I'll give you a little bit of a taste of some of this because even some of it, I'm, I'm even like, oh, we got to go back and uh, from her book, Holy Ghost A to Z. Um, I'm like, I'm looking through some of this, I'm thinking, oh, I, I got to go read that part. Um, for example, one of uh, the few of the points that she mentioned in the spiritual inventory, by the way. Um, I want to know whether I've sufficiently repented of a sin. That's a big one, I think, these days. Like, um, and that's um, in the, the letter F, if you get the book. It's uh, because she has different points, you know, that match the, all the letters of the alphabet. And in the chapter, chapter about F, um, that's in there. There's, um, I've run across a gospel doctrine, principle, or practice that I'm having a difficult time accepting. And that's in the letter H chapter. There's, I want to find people to share the gospel with. That's an M. Uh, chapter. There's. Oh my gosh, this one's really good. I need to. Uh, I know I need to repent of a certain sin, but I'm hesitant to forsake it. That is also in. Oh, so that's an N, as in nut. Um, I'm like, how many people do we? <laughs> thousands, maybe millions of people in the church who are in that same boat. I know I need to, to repent of this, but I don't know if I'm ready to give it up. It's like, okay, well, this chapter's for you then. Really good stuff in here. It's just, it's just awesome. Um, in it's, a, it's a short but in-depth read. Yeah, yeah. In chapter about the uh, V chapter, I want to know how to determine whether a dream is from God or not. That's a big one these days. Like, yeah, it's most nightmares probably not from Heavenly Father. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I don't know. You'd be surprised. Some of the stuff Lorraine mentioned to me up in Canada, some of the nightmares she had, and she's like. I know it was a warning, I, like because she was so good at interpreting them over the years. She just got really good at it. And so she's some of the dreams she would nightmare. She told me about. She goes, "This was a warning. I know it was. So I know it, like, and she, it was scary, but I know it was." And she still knew it was from God, just because she had enough oh. practice over the years to know when it was or not. I so, need that practice, apparently. Yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> sometimes that's okay. Sometimes I'm, I'm like, man, can you like? tell someone from the other side, like, can you tell someone to come and, you know, come to us explain this dream since we can't hear you out loud, you know? But, yeah, yeah a lot of good stuff in there. Um, short read. Uh, Seagull Book sells it. I, did she say Amazon, that? Huh? Yeah, Amazon. I thought it was, in, I don't know if it was on Desiree Book as well, but anyways, there's actually some stuff in there that you can tell she's actually drawn some of her answers from her own experience too, uh, which you guys heard her talk about this episode with finding... Finding out the Holy Ghost that, that God actually wanted her, after her mission, of course, to pursue Vlad. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, and the fact that he was all like, no, and then the Holy Ghost was like, 
oh, that was dumb. <laughs> he corrects himself, and they make it work. And how Heavenly Father, much like our story, put things in play that, like, with the paperwork and uh-huh. moving that along is quicker. Just like, um, sorry, my brain's kind of no, you're good. the 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 lady that we interviewed who went down to find her mom. Oh, and, um, Anna. Yeah. Yeah, Anna Katia. I listened to her episode for that one. That was a yeah. really good one. Like, God is in the details, yeah. even if you don't feel like he is, but he is. If, if he wants something to happen, he moves heaven and earth yeah. and people. I think that was, when we, when we do a post this one, you guys, um, I think it's just the episode just, bef- just before this or the one before that. Um, is about um, Anna Katia's Katia. I keep getting how to pronounce that. I don't want to mess it up. But yeah, go find hers and uh, hear a little story about you know going out into South America with just like one phrase basically from the Holy Ghost, and then and then they get down there. Oh, and there's another phrase. Listen to the yeses, ignore the noes. Something so simple and just kind of like going into you know a situation. I don't know how this is supposed to work. Exact same thing that Liz did in this episode. You know, Liz is just like. You want me to write him a love letter. That way, I, I never showed any sign of. I can imagine her thinking, you know, I never showed any sign of liking him there. I, you know, stayed a good missionary, which he did. And <laughs> I'm just like the response, uh, big, huge, ugly, no. Holy Ghost, you, uh, I get, not with this wording, of course, but you idiot, give her a chance. <laughs> but yeah. Probably not that. Follow the Holy Ghost. Yeah, the Holy Ghost isn't going to call you names, obviously. But it's like, you know, listen to the Holy Ghost, even when he says something that just seems like, what? Really? You never know what happiness might be on the other end. Yeah, you don't. I know Colette and I didn't. You should create your Facebook. Dating profile. Dating profile. No. No, I've already done this. It's gone down bad, gone down bad roads. Disappointment. No, no, just do it. Trust me. Okay. Well, and now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> well, it took three times, but yeah. So. For me. Sorry. Awesome stuff. Yeah, <laughs> check out Les's podcast, uh, LDS Book Nook. Um, and her book. Go find out. Go find her book, The Holy Ghost from A to Z, Doesn't What the Spirit Can else? Do for You. Like a YouTube channel, too? Um, I don't recall. But anyway, sorry, we don't, we don't, we sometimes we take a bit to do these uh, intros and outros um, for a while after we... If she would have discussed it, so listen for those, and she gives... Yeah, the... if you want to go back and review, feel free, because we don't remember absolutely everything from these episodes. So. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, but thanks for tuning in to this one. Uh, if you liked it, if you really loved it, if it helped you out, please go and share it with other people, share this podcast with others. Um, anywhere you can, you know, we're on... Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google, Deezer, Stitcher, um, Pod, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Podbean, I think there's a few like lesser ones out there. Blueberry's one of them. Anyways, a whole bunch of different platforms are on. Um, share it on Facebook and social media. And even just as an example to people, uh, hey, look what you could do if you actually follow the Holy Ghost when it seems crazy. Um... <laughs> So share it around. The Lord wants something done that makes it happen. Yep. And, and everybody needs to know that. 
we, especially when we have faith in Him, and and make sure that you know, even most times where we just have to let Him take the wheel and still have our agency, He won't mess with that. But that He will bless us in our efforts to do what is right. Bingo. So, bring it once again. Thanks for listening. Um, and as usual, don't forget to stand steadfastly in the freedom God gave us. Until next time, this is Paul. And Colette Pulsifer. Thanks.